and welcome to this episode. This episode is called Life of a Homeowner and yes it is because I have been banging on about this so much. My biggest achievement to date in my view was trying to get this house for three and a half years and um, it was a huge struggle, huge 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 struggle and I wanted to share the background story I wanted to talk about the trials and tribulations of getting the house, but also what I found living in my own property now to either give you guys some sort of inspiration to sort of go for it or decide actually this isn't what I want right now, which is totally okay. And especially with the cost of living, it's probably not a possibility for a lot of people. So to give you that balance of actually what's good and bad about it, to either give some relief or something to strive for. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you do, then please do send some feedback to livinglifeinmy30s at gmail.com, but otherwise, just listen away. for joining me for this episode. This is a really nice episode for me because it's actually providing real transparency to people. And what I want to really reiterate for this episode is getting to this stage of me being in a house was so hard. <laughs> I just want to reiterate to people listening is that Buying a house is totally different to years and years ago, our parents' generation. And you'll see news articles nowadays that talk about actually a lot of people will not be able to afford housing. It's such a real issue and I I can't say enough how lucky I feel to be in this position to be doing this episode. And I hope none of you think about it as rubbing it in people's faces. This is not what this episode is about. This is about actually highlighting how difficult it is. (laughs) And actually, you know, how we as a generation where actually things aren't on our side to be able to get our foot on the ladder and how perseverance can help, how we can try our best to get into that situation if buying a house is what you want. And because it took me so long, it took me three and a half years to get accepted on a property, for a property spy. I just want to give that hope to people as well that it will happen one day. You just have to keep holding out and keep going, keep persevering. There's a lot of strength of character in this that I've learned. And patience, patience is not my special virtue. But yeah, giving you that kind of hope and recognition, I know what it feels like and when having a house is something you so desperately want, I know how hard it is, or or anything for that matter, Uh, not necessarily a house if you're trying for a baby, if you're trying to get a dog or anything like that, I know how difficult it can be and actually I just want to give that sort of reassurance to people that 
keep persevering, keep trying, and hopefully it works out at some point, and if it doesn't, that's fine, um, just take a, a little bit of an attitude of fate about it, I think that really helps. So, yeah, so I wanted to start with the sort of background of me buying a property and highlight to you the trials and tribulations of that. So for three and a half years I'd been trying and yes uh, it was a given that I was struggling even more so because I put my first offer in for a property when it was Covid time. Um, for those of you who weren't trying to buy in Covid time or perhaps were selling People might have an idea of what the market was like, but essentially it was everyone on the market either selling their property because of the stamp duty, you know, people didn't need to pay stamp duty, so that was a prime reason to put your house on the market. But what that also meant was that investors, so investors were like, great, won't need to pay stamp duty, um, getting in at every property at, that was at my level. So this is first time buyer properties that were in my remit of affordability. And then you had other people who were trying to move at the same time. So whilst you had a huge number of houses on the market every day, they were quickly going by people who were investing and couples and people trying to get their foot in the door. And the problem was, was there was multiple things. So from my standpoint, I was right at the bottom of the chain. So I was single. I had X amount of deposit that wasn't as high as everyone else. And also people were going way above asking price with, you know, having that cash overflow to offset any mortgage problems if they said that actually the property wasn't worth that much. And so most of the time I didn't even get a look in. And for context, I put in seven offers for seven different properties when I was looking. Um, one property at this time, so this was the worst one. I went to a property and I actually didn't put an offer in at this one. But it was on the market for a very reasonable price. Lovely property in a good area. Anyway, I turned up and the owners were absolutely lovely. They said, you know, we really want this to go to a first-time buyer because... We know what the market's been like at the moment. And I didn't put an offer in, not because of the house not being beautiful, but there were a couple of aspects about it that actually wouldn't have worked for me. And anyway, the house actually had 60, six zero offers on it. I mean, the owners were absolutely fantastic, but, you know, saying that they wanted to give it, give it to a first-time buyer, but it's out of this world that you're competing for a property with 60 people. 60. Um, I went to another and that was 27. I thought that was bad enough and they had to filter through the offers. But I was like, how could I possibly get a look in to get a property in this market? And it was really, really difficult. And essentially, I was living in my flat and... I really loved the flat I was in, but obviously paying for rent and living in a property that wasn't my own was difficult because I couldn't renovate how I wanted. I also felt very static because I'm desperate for a dog. How can I move my life forward in the direction I want? You know, all I want is a dog and 
you know, to decorate and things like that. It was that feeling of being static and trapped in this rental property. And then I was thinking, well, I could rent a house that's pet friendly. Uh, but then I looked at it and it, I would be paying £200 extra a month for a property that's not my own, that I couldn't really afford that much. And actually, if I had a property, then I'd be pay, paying less on my mortgage. So, and then I'd also be tying myself in for another year. And the other problem I gave myself, which other people hopefully, like, you could take this into account when you're, when you're looking for a property yourself, is I had some specific requirements which made it more difficult generally. Uh, so the requirements were, from my side, is I wanted two bedrooms and I wanted a garden. So I wanted a garden because of my dog, uh, my future dog. And I wanted two bedrooms because, well, I really wanted people to come stay, have a bedroom, and just, yeah, like, enjoy being in my house. And I didn't think that was too much of a big deal, but essentially because I live in Leeds and the other big factor was because I don't have a car, it made it actually really, really hard to create, well, it made it really hard to find something that was in my budget and particularly in an area that felt safe. So remember there'll be a lot of people who are women listening to this podcast and one really important factor about finding somewhere to live is you could have an incredible house but if you don't feel safe in your area then there's absolutely no point in buying it uh so i remember thinking you know looking at some areas and going it could be all right but then i was thinking about some of the roads and the ways to get to the property and actually it just wasn't viable for me to go for that property because ultimately I wouldn't feel safe. The other thing was, was because of the budget I have, because I'm a single person, I can only borrow so much. I can only, you know, my mortgage repayments, I can only budget in so much. So that limited where I was going to be. And obviously if you're going to, if you're in a partnership, it's a lot easier to, you know, be a bit more flexible. Whereas for me, there was no flexibility. It was like, this is how much I can afford and this is, you know, what I want. Um, some of the houses, so when I found some houses, there was the other thing where uh, you had houses that were a bit further out of where I wanted to be because I don't drive as well. Well, I have a license, but I don't actually drive and I don't like driving. Uh, so there were some houses that were a bit further out, but they were what's called non-standard construction buildings. And with those, I mean, I've learned so much about properties in the past three and a half years trying to get the perfect thing. And what I learned about non-standard construction was that, you know, it's harder to get a mortgage uh, on some of these properties. And it's more of a pain for, you know, for example, if you have an extension or things like that. So anyway, the long and short of it is, is that I found the property that I have now and it felt like fate after all this time. And now, you know, I, I got a really great bond and I still have a really great bond with the, the buyer, the seller. Um, 
and she she really has made this a really special experience um I am now in a perfect property which I lucked out on in terms of because I was looking on the market every day for what houses were on there and I saw this and I knew it would be exceptionally popular it was so popular it had two full days of viewings and on the day I arrived at one o'clock they said they already had three offers so at the time I was in a better position and I because I actually got some inheritance which I also just want to flag to people is that you know me talking about this I've sort of had that extra little bit of luck in that sort of sense is that I was able to actually go above asking price which previously I couldn't do and I don't mean to upset people with that because you know at that point I didn't know what else to do and um, luckily my mortgage survey came back and they said it was fine so I didn't need to pay it over and actually you know going in at that price was absolutely fine uh, but I was in a position to be able to afford that if I needed to compensate for the mortgage survey so I went in and I just went as hard as and as much as I thought would be reasonable and I ended up getting the house and it's near Leeds city centre, it's got my two beds and it's got a garden and I couldn't be happier. However, as you can imagine, the three and a half years of turmoil to get to that stage was unbelievable. I actually screamed on the phone to the estate agent when they told me that my offer had been accepted, which was very, very funny because they read my email. I did a gushing email as well saying how much I loved the property and I think they all laughed at it but I do not care I do not care that they laughed at my email because well it got me the house so you know it worked it got their attention it obviously got the seller's attention so what what more <laughs> I don't care basically it's great but I remember then you know obviously having the offer accepted and then I rang my family I rang my mum and dad and I said yeah oh my god I've got this house and they said, well, you haven't got the house yet. And, oh boy, were they right. And I, <laughs> I have to tell this to people because it is the most exciting thing when you have an offer accepted on a house. But, oh my gosh, the, the work and getting through the solicitors. You do not have the house until you have the keys in your hand. That is what I would tell people. It's an unbelievably difficult situation. So... You have the surveys on the property and there were a few things that came back for me which I had to have checked out and luckily because I was working with the seller so closely we managed to navigate everything in the in the best way possible I think. Um, not only that you have you have the problems with the solicitors so the solicitors not being very responsive. If you're in a chain you have the problems above the chain and it is such a stressful time. I luckily did mine within three months, but I know my friends, they had they had to wait a year before getting into their property. And how their how their stress levels remained quite calm, I'm not I'm not really sure. Uh, I certainly wasn't coping with it very well. But 
I did get the keys. Um, there were there's a so there's one thing in my property, and you do have to remember this as part of house buying, is when you get the surveys back, and when you get, you will find out things about the property that maybe aren't ideal, unless you are able to afford the you know the house of your dreams, uh, that has no fault whatsoever. But I don't think that really exists nowadays. Um. So, for example, my house so at the back in the garden, there's a sewer pipe. So if I wanted to extend on the back, I wouldn't really do that because I'd have to get the sewer pipe moved, which would cost thousands and thousands of pounds, which, as you can imagine, who just gets thousands and thousands of pounds? I have no idea. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, I did get the keys, and that day was amazing walking into the place. Um I got a dual wrapper house, so the house needs a lot of work. Um, upstairs, I decided to focus on upstairs. So basically downstairs, so weirdly enough, the kitchen, you could actually have a bath and touch the kitchen hob. Sounds very strange, but effectively the bath is literally next to the kitchen downstairs. So what I wanted to do straight away was do a bathroom conversion. So a bedroom to bathroom conversion because it was a three bed and I converted one of the rooms into a bathroom, which is now done and it is incredible. But that's one of the things I wanted to highlight is because, yes, as I mentioned, I got some inheritance and basically what I did was I was in a position where I could do that work straight away and a lot of people I just want to highlight that is not a normal situation and you know please people listening you know doing this work is yes I so I'd basically saved all my deposit myself uh, but being able to do the work and particularly the amount of work I've done so far is not viable <laughs> unless you do have that cash flow and I certainly wouldn't have been able to do that without that so I'm very grateful to have got that money and to have done what I've done so far, but I, that's one of the things I've learned, is I cannot comprehend how people are affording these extensions, how people are affording to do work on their properties, how they're able to change windows, how they're able to upgrade their kitchen, how? It must cost so much money, how, how can people do this? You know, I... I live on my own, I earn a good salary, and I do not understand how people are able to do it, it just must take years and years and years to do that, and people do it quickly sometimes, people don't, but the understanding of that cash flow has just blown my mind, and I just want to reiterate to people that, you know, are saving for a deposit, or trying to, it does take time, and please don't be shocked by people doing those things. I mean, I think you have to bear in mind some of their situations. Like, like they might have got inheritance. They might have got some money from somewhere else or from the family. So people who are trying to save on their own, please do not be disheartened. Things take time. And you can save that money bit by bit. It might take longer than someone else who's, you know, got that handout. But fair play to people who can, you know, it is just a baffling world to be in right now, especially with all the price hikes, and being able to save that little bit of money towards a deposit, oh, it's so hard, and I think 
I've done, I basically spent my inheritance on doing that bathroom conversion, which has been well worth every penny. But now, everything else, like my, I need a new kitchen. Like the kitchen, well, as you've heard, I've got a bath next to my kitchen. I'm not going to be able to do that for such a long time. The costs of it are just so much. But you can. You just need to take your time and patience is a virtue. The other thing was, was because I moved into the house and I was on my own, so, you know, I'm a first time, single first-time buyer, and I really, really wanted to get as much work done on the house while I had an empty house, because I had a month changing over from my flat. So, obviously, if you've got an empty flat with all my furniture in, it seemed like a great opportunity to just get some painting done. And one thing I learned was that I should have got all hands on deck. And luckily my boyfriend was there to help me and it was a great, great help. And But I think about it now and it's, you know, I need to do the lounge at some point. And unless I've got people to help me move furniture, then this will be on hold regardless. So, you know, get as much help as you can and really take your time and base it around when people can help you because painting is so boring painting is so boring yeah do do take the help when you can because yeah it's so boring and decorating is really hard and just lifting stuff and making it how you want and especially moving a house please pay for movers because oh that was a pain as well Basically, doing things on your own, just grab as much help as you can. And I was trying to be really independent and do a lot of it myself. And actually, I should have just been like, I need as much help as I can get. But yeah, so that kind of leads to now. And I don't want to do a solid 40-minute episode on it. Because I know some of you will will find it hard to listen to and some of you will be struggling but I don't want it to be about that I want it to be you know you can get there uh, you can get there and even if it's not you know the perfect new build that's ready to move into you have to enjoy the process of you know I'm five months in yes the upstairs looks great the downstairs looks um very questionable and it won't change for a very long time so I just have to enjoy the process of how it is. And I've started to notice the glitches of, you know, all the bulbs going, you know, the batteries going and whatever. Some, the fuse box has gone. Problems with the boiler. Problems with the water heater. You know, all that kind of thing. And um, money just seems to go down the drain so quickly. And I w- do want to say to people that just, you know, Take your time, try not to freak out about everything going on and that it will it will take its time when you're in a new property. Everything won't be perfect straight away. Um, I really want to encourage people to, you know, regardless of whether it's trying to buy a house or, you know, whatever it is, just be patient and persevere because it will happen at some point. And also, if it's not everything that you dreamed it would be straight away, that's okay, as long as you're working towards your goals. And that's what this episode is about, is this was one of my goals. 
Um, now I'm living in it, um, very much in the reality of it. I think after this I'm gonna go paint some doors. Oh no, so boring. Uh, but try and enjoy the process, whether it's arduous or not, because it'll be worth it in the end. Thank you all for listening to this episode, and if you did enjoy it, or if you want to send some future episode ideas, then please do send some feedback to livinglifeinmy30s at gmail.com. But otherwise, I'll speak to you next time.